0: In the spirit of reconciliation, the Theatre Thoughts podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all traditional custodians of the land on which our episodes are recorded.
1: I came out as gay quite late in my life, like in in my late 20s, and so I had to hide for most of my, not my a lot of my childhood and and teenage years um and uh now f- for everything to be so accepting it's great it's great for the new generation but i still feel sometimes a bit judged and a bit right. um timid and shy around uh other people and and so um i am longing for places where i could be just with gay men because this is my community this is the core of my community and this is where i feel safe the safest You're listening to the Theatre
0: Thoughts Podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome to the podcast. If you're one of our valued returning listeners, welcome back to a new episode. You can find all of our content via our Instagram channel at ttpod underscore official, as well as watch our episodes via our YouTube channel. If you're a fan of the podcast, please leave us a review wherever you're listening from, share us on your socials, send us a love letter, make an interpretive dance promoting us, whatever you need to do to show the love. So switch on those thoughts and be sure to subscribe to catch all our new content in 2023. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. We have a very special guest on today. We have a French Australian playwright and screenwriter who has published two plays, one of which, What Have You Done, was produced at Chippen Street Theatre. He's worked on over 150 television episodes and has multiple feature film scripts in development he also teaches writing at the university of technology in sydney and is a co-creator of a limited podcast series "An ordinary australian so it's not his first time on a podcast please please yeah. please welcome laurent or claire
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much it's a pleasure to be with you good pronunciation i hope <laughs> great great it, no Perfect French
0: accent. Thank you. I did play uh, uh, the French taunter in uh, Spamalot, Monty Pratham's Spamalot, so I practiced oh, yeah. like my over-the-top French accent once. And <laughs> it's fun. Um, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to talk about you, uh, your new play, French Letters and Leather Cleaner, which yeah. is playing as part of the um, the Sydney uh, Sydney World Pride from the 10th of February until the 24th of February.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited and, and scared at this stage because, you know, it's in a few days and, um, uh, it's, um, it, it has been such a great collaboration and such a different, um, way of working for me on, on this play. Uh, usually, as you mentioned, I, I wrote two plays before that, um, I basically just developed on my own and then gave to, uh, one of my friend who's an actress and, uh, she produced them. Um, right. so it was quite separated um and and this one was much more of a collaborative effort um because uh food box theater uh for this year for, for World Pride they uh basically created that very big collective of writers and actors um and they asked each of the writers to come up with a play and um and then we workshoped it a lot with uh, some of the actors that will be in, in the play, actually, uh, some others who um, are more on the behind-the-scenes type of things. Uh, and so that was really, you know, as as a screenwriter, um, mostly um, I love the collaborative aspect of writing and that every step of the way, your words become, you know, they, they change and they evolve and they turn into a new, uh, almost a new play when, once mm-hmm. they're they're really um Talked about by some other people, so I really, really enjoyed that process, and and so now, yeah, we're we're ready, or I hope we're ready. <laughs> we think we're ready anyway. Uh,
0: <laughs> you never can feel like ready, can you, when you're doing a production, especially when it's something that you've written? No,
1: no, and then and then once you know, once you feel you're ready, it's already finished, and you're just like, oh. Yeah. I want, I want more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: It becomes this, this constant like creation, isn't it? It's fascinating. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll I'll do the quick bio so people get a bit of an idea of what it's about. So description is an aging shop owner, a savvy 20 something, a jaded drag queen and a straight inner West couple spend an evening in an adult store. Love it already. Uh, The (laughs) world premiere of French letters and leather cleaner explores the commodification of queer spaces without taking itself too seriously. This is a farce, after all. You got me, hooked. Yeah, I love it. Uh,
1: yeah, so I just, I, I really love the farce um, aspect of things. And, and, you know, coming from the French side, we have a really strong um, French theatre movement that happened mostly um, since the 1970s uh, called the Café Theatre uh which are usually very short plays or so a theater uh a bit like you know KXT where where we're doing the the play this time uh in King's Cross it's a very small space with not not a big audience so you're really immersed within the audience and it's mm. usually very short plays that are very farcical over the top um really trying to put characters in the craziest situation possible. And so yeah. obviously I wanted to talk about queer community and um, what I call the stratification of Oxford Street, uh, which is a big problem for me as an okay. aging gay, you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. there's, uh, the, the gay places or the strictly gay places don't exist anymore much. Uh, everything is so gay friendly that everyone's welcome, which is great. But sometimes yeah. I would like to have my own little space uh and yeah. and um and so it's 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 talking about that um and and using um yeah an, an aging kind of outdated adult store uh run by an older gay guy um who's trying to survive and um when the block is there for sale for promoters and and for you know the whole neighborhood to become a a bit of a boutique type of um Uh, places uh he just wonders where where his business can go and um and what is the relevance of places like that and havens where people can come and and find shelter
0: right so why was that kind of important to you like where i know you briefly touched on it just then but where does that kind of feeling come from for you as a writer say this is something i want to highlight
1: uh look i think it's um it's something that um you know I, as as um I came out as gay quite late in my life like in in my late twenties and so I had to hide for most of my not my a lot of my childhood and and teenage years um and uh now f- for everything to be so accepting it's great it's great for the new generation, but I still feel sometimes a bit judged and a bit right. um timid and shy around uh other people. And, and so um, I am longing for places where I could be just with gay men, because this is yeah. my community. This is the core of my community. And this is where I feel safe, the safest. Um, and I love gay friendly places, but sometimes I don't feel as safe because, you know, I I look at uh, right guys and they don't appreciate that (laughs) and and they take it the wrong way yeah and so and and so that's why you know i i am questioning that um you know society has moved so fast around those questions that um we are now completely mainstream but then we lost a bit of that identity that i'm i am still attached to probably it's a generational thing that um uh, and, and it was actually really quite interesting to see um talking to the young actors um that are involved in fruit box theater and yeah. where they are much more into um the question of the genre and not so much the question of sexuality. And and um we had a few conversations where it was harder to understand each other and to say, Oh, you're coming from that point of view but um, I come from a very different point of view and how can we actually meet somewhere in the middle
0: okay I think that's fascinating it's a fascinating discussion and I think it's um yeah I, I like that a lot of um, works and a lot of new works that I'm seeing just comes from a really personal place in a lot of writers and I think that's what give a, a lot of these works um, it's their depth and its heart as well
1: for, for me that's that's one thing is as a writer and as a you know as a more comfortable writer about my writing I I tend to tell more about myself now you know when I Mm. started to write I wanted to please everyone and I wanted to make sure that my story was uh, something that people were expecting and not so much something personal but I think um, now I'm more comfortable about my writing style and so it's easier to approach personal topics and then put them into a genre or another. (laughs)
0: Sydney's brand new independent theatre company, Ikigai Entertainment, is ecstatic to be presenting Xanadu the Musical at the newly renovated Sutherland Arts Theatre. It's going to be a party all over the world as a Greek muse inspires love, laughter and the world's first roller disco in this 1980s glitter explosion. Tickets are on sale now at tickettech.com.au for this exclusive two-week season from February 22nd to March 5th. Getting quick, tickets are rolling out the door. So where did this love of writing come from? Like what what was it was it a, um a, in a moment in your life or did you have a teacher or somebody in your life that kind of gave you this love for writing?
1: Uh look I had, I, I think um I think I had two teachers. Um one that gave me the love of reading uh which uh was great because I'm not sure how I did all my um school years in France. And so I'm not sure how the system really works here, but um, for a long time we were forced to read French classics, uh, which are quite boring to read when you're 11, 12, 13. Uh,
0: (laughs) Trust me, I know exactly what you mean. Trust me, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. and and um and I was lucky enough to have a teacher when I was probably 13 um that actually gave us an all range of books that we could pick from and um and do an essay on and the book I chose was Rosemary's baby which is not at all oh. a french classic yeah, uh, of yeah. course I I read the french translation uh, and not the english book but mm. um step into the world of power loyalty this is the first book i read in 2 days i just ate the book oh, wow. my parents could not believe it they were just like what are you doing this weekend you you're not out what's going on i'm just like oh my god that book it's so good uh and so i realized okay books don't have to be boring and too serious and too you know too deep um, and so that gave me a, a really a big love of, of reading. Um, and then uh, an English teacher, actually, when I was uh, learning English in, in France, um, it gave me also the love for films and, and to right. watch films in their original language and to try to push myself to learn better English so I could understand better uh, and not, don't need the subtitles. Uh, and that really gave me the love of, writing for films and for TV, um, because it really, I I could find that combination between writing, reading, and watching, which are the three passions of my life. So, Mm. yeah. But the two two teachers really were instrumental in that for me.
0: That's beautiful. I think, yeah, well, I mean, me personally resonates with me. Um, Exactly. You wrote wrote, um, a lot for, you've written a lot for TV as well. And um, am I mistaken, you've written a lot for Australian TV as well.
1: Uh, well, I was lucky enough when I moved to Australia to, um, find my spot in, uh, in a French-Australian co-production in animation. And so I was able to communicate in both languages, um, quite fluently. Um, and to also understand, um, the difference of culture between how to address a French person, address a French broadcaster, not from an Australian point of view, but, uh, from from a french writer's point of view and um and and i think that allowed me to really um yeah develop my skills uh, both in french and in english as a writer and as a script editor uh, for animation and then i was you know all those ways of life are so weird of you know you, you meet one person you Uh, worked with one person and then I ended up um, working for Home and Away and uh, where I was chaperoning a a young actress. And that got me into the possibility to write one episode of Home and Away, which I'm very proud of because this is, you know, that that was the stamp for me to say, okay, I can be Australian. Not Australian (laughs) enough, maybe. <laughs> but, you
0: know, I'm Australian. <laughs> well, it's the most, you know, Australia, One of the most Australian shows that you can get. So it's a big, tick yeah. for sure. <laughs> and then you've, um, did you all, did you kind of, um, how do I word this? Did was it very, um, organic that you kind of, uh, um, sorry, my words are getting all mixed up. Was it really organic that you kind of found your way into writing for theatre? Um, because you've had two plays published, um,
1: already. Yeah. Look, it was. For me, it's um, I like to to write on different formats, and and usually it's the story that tells me when I start to have an idea. The story tells me, okay, this is going to be a short story, this is going to be a film, this is going to be a TV series, um, this is going to be a novel, which in, which I'm writing at the moment. Um, and it's yeah, it's really the story. I think for theater, which which is something I it's harder for me to do in film. It is um, I always think of theater as um uh, dialogue driven and and okay. I want you know because you're stuck in a place you can't just move think of camera mm-hmm. movements and, and that type of thing which which I do when i write for for film or t v for theater you just have to be immersed in one space and then be convincing enough through um through dialogue and how the story is conveyed through the confrontation of of two or three or four characters. And so yeah. that's, that's how I started to write my first play. Um, and, um, you know, it was produced quite successfully, um, by Sophie Lipovic and, and, uh, that gave me the idea of writing another play for her. And then, you know, when I heard about Fruitbox trying to find people to write queer plays for World Pride, I was just like, okay, I need to, I need to find an idea. <laughs> yeah, and I was so, yeah. so lucky and, and, and happy that they they chose my idea.
0: That's lovely. And it's being directed by Sean Landis as well. What's yeah. it been like working with him?
1: Look it's 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 a great it's a great collaboration and and for me I'm um, I don't want to be a director. I'm I'm a bit scared of actors. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're very uh,
0: versatile people. You never know what the, yeah. what's what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> exactly. And and you know being a writer, I'm much more of an introvert person, happy to work in my environment and not having Outside people being too loud um and uh and so it was really great to just basically give him the baby and just said, "Okay, you raise the baby and I'll see you at graduation you know yeah <laughs> and and this is basically what what we we kind of uh do i'm um, uh you know we were privileged to have a dramaturg on on board too, so uh, he also gave us a lot of ideas and and how to develop some of the characters uh for me, probably the you know the The biggest challenge in in this play was uh, to create a non-binary character, which is um, once again, because I'm I'm from a different generation and um, to understand uh, the culture of of, uh, non-binary people and to understand how to say some things without being too obvious or to be inappropriate. Uh, and mm. and really Sean and and the whole team at Fruitbox really helped me navigate through that. Um, and I was lucky enough to have uh, Robbie, who's going to play um, uh, the non-binary character of Chris, to really help me find the the proper ways to to. Oh, I think I think it is the proper way. I, I yes. hope it's not it's not going to be offending offensive for anyone. Yeah. Uh, but to navigate through that, and and really that. That taught me a lot about where society is at the moment and where I am in that society and and you know it's always good to be reminded that okay you're you're just a pawn somewhere and and it's good <laughs> to know where you are and and not to take yourself too seriously either <laughs> that's good
0: yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. Not to take yourself too seriously. I think that's, yeah, I think that's really humbling, I think, when you kind of remind yourself of that. Well, uh, I have a couple of questions I'd like to ask. Yep. Um, we do yep. um, one-minute theatre thoughts where I uh, have a bunch of questions and I'd love to just throw them at you um, okay. and uh, see how many we can kind of get um, in, the space of, in, in the space of one minute. Okay, well... All right, here we go. Question number one. What is your most cherished play?
1: So that would be a French play, uh, a very cafetière play called Le Père Noël est une ordure, which is in English, uh, Santa Claus is a stinker. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it's, a, it's an absolute farce. Um, uh, yeah, talking about New Year's Eve in basically at a helpline office. And and so people are just waiting for desperate people to call in to come to their space, and and it's a big big comedy. Like it, every French person probably knows half of the dialogue by heart.
0: I'll have to I'll have to look that one up. Uh, what's the best method for you to overcome writer's
1: block? Well, there's one I like, and one I don't like. The one I don't like is doing the dishes. I don't like to do <laughs> it, but that really frees my mind. Uh, yeah. The other one that I like is to go for a walk without my headphones, you know, walking around the harbour and, and the ocean here in Sydney.
0: That sounds really healthy. Is there a play that inspires you?
1: I would say, uh, yes, there's probably two. I, I love God of Carnage by Yasmin yes. Um yes. which I think uh, it's such a you know, a beautiful confrontation of, of characters. Uh, the other one, and probably because I've seen the film more than the play I've never seen the play in, in action but it's uh, 6 degrees of separation which mm-hmm. I really love the intricacy and the hypocrisy of society in in there
0: all right well that's 1 minute so we got through a couple oh, which sorry. is awesome <laughs> which is awesome no the great answers i love you got you're so passionate about it, which is awesome but there was one um i wanted to ask uh which one was it oh um do you have an, a favorite australian play or a play written by an australian author
1: oh yeah i think holding the man is for me it's just Uh, that's the first play I went to see when I moved to Australia uh, in Brisbane I saw saw a Brisbane production of it and I was gobsmacked by the modernity of it the the staging of it how it's so well deconstructed and yet completely linear so it's just such Mm -hmm. a weird uh, and and for me that I think before that probably when I went to the theatre I went to see a lot of um, very Classical linear plays, uh, you know Tennessee Williams and and Shakespeare and uh, uh, Oscar Wilde, where you know there's a, a clear beginning, middle, and end, and everything unfolds because of what you said before. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and when I went to see Holding the Man for the first twenty minutes, I was just like, I'm I'm in a world of memories, and they're not my memories, but I start to feel comfortable about them uh, after being very confronted by some of them. Uh, and then, of course, the, you know the last part of the play, is so beautiful and a punch in the gut and and so sad that I was mm. just like, "Oh, that's you know if if one day I could do that type of thing, but I don't, I don't like two serious plays. I'm, I love to watch them, but write, writing them is scaring me so much.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I feel like I'd be the same if I ever read anything. I love a farce. like they're, like two of my my favorite plays are um, "Noises off." and uh and the play that goes wrong like they're my
1: two favorites i think yeah, just because yeah. they're
0: so funny they just really tickle a spot in me that just like j- gets me going and they're so funny i love them
1: yeah no that's the thing is that and also i love musical theater so it- Everything that's uh, the next song I feel like them. we'd get
0: along very well. <laughs> I'm a big musical theater person as well. I've got a couple booked in that I'm going to go watch this month, so I feel like we might bump into each other.
1: Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Well, um Lauren, uh thank you so much uh for joining us. So, uh if tickets for French Letters and Leather Cleaner can be booked by going to fruitboxtheatre.com.au. Um best of luck with the premiere of the production. Um, I'm going to try my best to get it come along in and come see it at King's Cross and um, and I hope you're not too nervous to, to let it go.
1: Oh look I'm no I'm I'm just going with the flow. I know that um you know the the premiere, like the the first one, the first previews is gonna be really hard for me to just go through it. Uh, but I really, you know, I have so such confidence in the team that that is on stage. Um, that I, I know this is gonna be fun and um and I I've seen a few rehearsals, and I love what they're doing with my words, and it feels like they're not my words anymore, mm. uh, and and um, yeah, they're really, I hope you'll have as much fun watching it as I had writing it and, and watching it come on stage. I, I think, you know, I, I know it's probably the case, like every time, every time it's a new project, it's your favorite one, and it's your most yeah. cherished one. Uh, yeah. But definitely, this one for me is because of all the process, because of also the exposure of world pride. I mean, I'm so so it's proud massive. to 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 be part of that big event that is in Sydney, that hopefully will revive Sydney's nightlife and gay life. Yeah, year. we're gonna party like it's 1991, and it's 1999 again. So that's great. <laughs> um, and and that yeah, just to be part of that effervescence is so amazing for me. So I'm going to just leave my fears on the side and just enjoy the moment.
0: I love it. I love it so much. Well, again, thank you so much um, for joining us.
1: No, thank you for having me. Thank you to Laurent
0: Claire for joining us on the podcast, as well as Sean Landis and Madeline Gandhi at Fruitbox Theatre for assisting in organising the episode. This episode was produced by Kidna Audio. Follow them on Instagram at audio for all their audio services. Once again, if you enjoyed our podcast, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and head to the link in this episode's description for our Instagram account, TikTok, YouTube, and Patreon. My name's Justin Clark, and I'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Running a small business? Are you promoting a new show or running a theatre space? Maybe you're looking for an area to reach potential new clients. Why not advertise with us on the Theatre Thoughts podcast? We have a range of packages and prices for you to put your ad right here on the podcast. For more information, contact us at theatrethoughtsteam at outlook.com or by heading to our website, theatrethoughtsaus.online. 18 plus.